This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat here on NHL Season's Eve, I guess it technically is, times five, because we're still about just under a week until the start of the NHL regular season, but it is so close that I can taste it. I'm watching I'm watching NHL commercials on TNT when I'm trying to watch the AL or the NL wild card game. It's getting me excited for hockey season, especially when you hear, you know, Steve Mears being used on national audio like that at TNT. So I'm I'm excited, I'm pumped up, and I'm also excited for season 3 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast which we are kicking off right now here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Horwat, how you doing here to kick off season 3? Well, uh it's chilly out, so my big the big sweater is in effect. I kind of forgot this was the season premiere, so I uh, did not dress for the occasion. I apologize. We both have, they're not matching backwards hats, but damn it, they are close. <laughs> they're both Penguins backwards yeah, hats. Yeah, but mine has the Penguin logo, yours has the NHL logo. And the white with the black, uh, is it the plastic clip? The is snapback. That, yep, yep, love it. Uh, we're, we look in unison today. And uh, you mentioned the playoff, the... MLB playoffs. Yeah, the Yankees let me down last night. Um, but hey, you know what? I'll do anything to root against the Dodgers, as always. So I got money on the Dodgers, so let's go Dodgers. Just not, fine. The Dodgers can win tonight because I don't really care for the Cardinals that much either. But after tonight, it's over. It's over for the Dodgers. Well, yeah. Yeah, I have money on the Dodgers tonight, but I have money on the Giants going all the way. Ooh. So if you want to know who I'm rooting for, clearly it's on the Giants because. I like rooting for fi- my financial interest. But we have a fun show for you guys today. Obviously, you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about the Penguins' po- or preseason victory on Tuesday against the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to talk a little bit about Phil Kessel. I mean, why not? It's the season premiere of the Tip of the Iceberg. He might not be on the team, but there's some news surrounding Phil Kessel, so we will get to it. And what is a season premiere of the tip of the iceberg without a little shout outs and call outs. It is a Thursday episode after all. So we'll get to that at the end. But before all of that, before the grandiose of all of that, we want to wish Mario Lemieux a very happy birthday. Of course, his birthday was on Tuesday, turning 56 years old, the greatest of all time, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Mario Lemieux, 56 years old, Penguins owner, Penguins legend, when you hear the name Lemieux, what is the first word that comes to mind? It's always magnifique. I don't know why. I speak zero French except for that word. That word. Um, and I don't <laughs> even get it right half the time. And I don't know why that's the first word I always think of. Maybe it's because that you say it on this uh, show quite often when we talk about uh, Lemieux. Um, but more than that, it is greatness. It is simply the best. It is that song, simply the best, mind you. It's a uh, all the things culminating what makes Mario Lemieux the greatest player, the greatest um, thing to ever happen to the to the team, and then the city of Pittsburgh. Um, it's he's the easy without doubt uh, on the Pittsburgh sports Mount Rushmore, no matter what. Mm, yeah, and yeah, I mean, 
He's 56 now. Man, he could still play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Yager's still playing, I'm sure Lemieux could find a league to whip Yager, it around Yager's in. Yager's still playing and uh, kicking in multiple games. It's incredible over there. Shit, if we have another injury at, its, at the center ice position, Lemieux might have to lay some back up for the Penguins here in a couple months. If it gets that, if it gets that damn desperate, the, the, I could just imagine <laughs> the, the second jersey on retirement. We're pulling it. We're I pulling it down from the Raptors again. Yeah, only what ten plus years after the last, fifteen plus years after the last time we did it. Old. Well, the last time we put a Raptor up there, not pulled one. Yeah. Down. But my one word when I think of Mario Lemieux is superhero, and yes, that is one word. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he was a real-life superhero on the ice. You look at some of the stuff that he did in the time that he did it as well. I understand the goaltenders aren't, weren't what they are today, but some of the stuff that he did and some of the – like, if you watch his speed for a guy as big as he was for the preparation level that he had because he was not a big guy for practice. He was not a practice fan. But you just look at what he was able to do. I mean, that first game after chemotherapy – the same day. I mean, you just look at stuff like that, and it it's superhuman what he was able to do. And then he continued that into his post-playing days. What he has done as an owner and just as a member of the Pittsburgh community, just it just embodies what a superhero means to people. He is a real-life superhero in my eyes. And when I hear the name Lemieux, I think superhero, I think leader, I think greatest of all time. But if I, if the first word that came to my mind when I wrote this question down was superhero. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you mentioned the goalies. I do want to say he did have to face fellow birthday mate Patrick Waugh quite a lot in his career. And yeah. uh, he was, you know, far and above one of the greatest goalies of that era, especially um, if not ever. So, you know, he did have hard goaltending. It was just a matter of everything else he played was. You know, it's the Wayne Gretzky argument. Every time people discuss Wayne Gretzky, it's, oh, well, look at the goaltending he was facing. They were wearing pillow, literal pillows, and uh, didn't know how, didn't want to get them wet on the ice. Okay, mm -hmm. but guess <laughs> what? You, regardless of who was in net, mm -hmm. Wayne Gretzky doesn't score a goal. He still has more points than anyone else in the history of the game. There's that. Yeah. Whereas Lemieux, it's the same argument, except he played in a different era still. I think Danny Irving, who just got hired at dk also big shout out there every year for mario's birthday he puts out those what could have been stats mm -hmm. and lemuse is mind-blowing every time coming back from a three-year yeah. retirement in basically a new era of the game and still putting up over 100 points mm -hmm. i mean lemuse played in like gretzky played in the 70s we know it was the 70s and 80s nothing much really changed about the game whereas when lemuse played yeah, it was still the hard-hitting, uh, brutal, like Scott Stevens style of play. Mm -hmm. But it that was the transit. It was more of a transition era. It was getting towards the Sidney Crosby era where it did completely change. And Lemieux was still at the top of his game in the new, faster, speedier era where hitting mm -hmm. was less focused on. And if you can, you know, trans transcend eras in a sport, yeah, you've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I by no means was trying to take anything away from Lemieux's accomplishments. Not. I'm not stupid enough to try to do that, especially on a Pittsburgh medium, nonetheless. But, I mean, yeah, he faced guys like Patrick Waugh. I was just saying, 
back in that day, when you have a Patrick Waugh, he also faced John Van Beesbrook a lot. So, I Van mean, Beesbrook was good the, the, the point is, you do what you can with when you're at, and also you look at the fact that, like, yeah, he also didn't have the sports medicine. He didn't have the, the training regimens yep. that there are available today. So it's always hard looking back through eras like that, and I, I try to not do that as much. But just looking at what Mario Lemieux was able to do, it doesn't matter what time frame or what time period he played. The stuff he did it was unbelievable. No, yeah, absolutely. So that that I I didn't want to make it sound like I was reducing his accomplishments because that is by no means what I'm trying. I, to I do. don't think it sounded like that either. It was just uh, conversations, mm-hmm. conversation pieces. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I get where you're coming from too. Like the goalies weren't that great. I mean, yeah, there was Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, Ed Belfour, but I mean, it was a different era for goaltending. Let's just be honest. So, that's all I got. With that, let's move on to talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins' victory over the Buffalo Sabres in their fourth preseason game of the year. A 5-4 to four shootout win, and we'll get into the shootout slash overtime a little bit in a couple minutes. But, first and foremost, let's talk about this game. Drew O'Connor drew a lot of, no pun intended, drew a lot of attention throughout the past two preseason games. He's looking great. He's looking really good, and he's impressing a lot of people in the Penguins front office. It seems like he's impressing Mike Sullivan, and he is sure as hell impressing Penguins Nation on Twitter. At the very least, two more goals in this game. Some of the most amazing passes that I have seen in a long time from anybody in a Penguins uniform. Being able to create some good looks, players unable to to bury it, but... Still, great looks for a guy that is fighting for a bottom six role. I think Drew O'Connor has looked great. Horwat, do you think that what he has done in these last two games and plus what he did throughout the entirety of camp to this point is going to be enough for him to crack the opening roster? It just might be. Considering the fact that he made it through no preseason and just a training camp last year uh, and made the taxi squad and then quickly got put up into the uh, NHL roster, it only speaks to what he's going to have to do this year which is impress which is play well in a preseason and he's doing all of those things so it seems like the team has always had faith in him and the way they pushed him up the lineup very quickly last season it seems like they're just going to do it again this year and I was hesitant with it at first um a few weeks ago saying that's probably not the smartest idea for him to push him straight back into the lineup maybe start him off in the minors and then pick him up as need be but if he's playing well like as always if anyone is playing above their heads you give them their shot i'm not saying he's playing above his head he, like drew o'connor can probably do this but he's proving to be better than what he was last year and that's the key here mm-hmm. and i think one of the biggest things too is foot speed i mean we've seen what they have said about nathan legere and his foot speed drew o'connor kind of the same thing where it looks like he's a little bit more confident with the puck. He looks like he's a little bit more confident just kind of on the ice there in an NHL setting. Now, again, preseason game, he's not going to look this good once it flips to the regular season. It would be very surprising if he does. But at the same time, he has made it a serious conversation, and he's a guy that can play center, which is going to be important for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, do I think he's a guy that's going to bump out a Brian Boyle? I don't think so at this point. It'd be nice to say, you know what? We don't need a Brian Boyle because we brought in Boyle because it was kind of a last case scenario. We needed somebody and Brian Boyle was luckily still available. So we signed him to a PTO, but Drew O'Connor, I think, you know, 
when I think about it and watching that game on Tuesday, I kept saying to myself, let's not screw up his development. Let's not screw up his development. This is a kid that came up, had a cup of coffee last year, and it did him well to go down to Wilkes-Barre. It, it created the confidence that we're seeing now. If he's playing this well, it's going to be hard to deny him a spot. But at the same time, do I think it would be good to give him a little bit more time in Wilkes-Barre? Yes. Do we have that option right now because of our lineup? I don't think so. I, I just think it would be better for him to go to Wilkes-Barre. But the way he's playing, it's hard to send him down. Yeah. One thing, if you're going to bring up Drew O'Connor playing center, one thing he does have over Brian Boyle, though, is a contract and some age. So there's a little bit of something there that, yeah, we signed on Brian Boyle, at least as it looks now, as a, um, a last option. But at the same time, we signed Brian Boyle before we kind of, before at least us as fans knew the extent of the Sidney Crosby situation. And as time goes on now, it seems like Crosby might only miss like two games, maybe like the home opener. It's every week we hear Crosby's closer and closer to actually um, being healthy way before we're expecting. I think um, if you're only going to miss a quick handful of games at the start of the season, Brian Boyle isn't a, isn't a necessity because we have centers to cover, i.e. Drew O'Connor, who might be pretty solid. So that makes the run look like Crosby, um, Carter, Bluger, O'Connor. It's a solid four, and it doesn't involve um, – an old an old man and Brian Boyle and trying to figure out a new contract and squeezing it into the cap because even without his contract right now we're a cap strapped team I think that is one edge O'Connor's going to have over Boyle in this situation I still do want to see Boyle in on this team for the sense of mm-hmm. um safety for the sense of hey we yeah. have a guy if a center does go down let's say Malkin is out longer than we expected let's say Crosby ends up being out longer than we expected it's good to have the veteran center there who can step in also I've seen a couple people say he's there as a good locker room guy as well so we got a couple of things go you know cooking with Boyle there um but O'Connor again he's got he's younger he's got faster foot speed and actually currently has a contract so all those things culminating into giving him the edge, but I think me and you both agree we want to see him start in the minors. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do too, kind of, I guess, because I do want to see him in the show eventually. It's just a matter of the right timing. Mm-hmm. You know what, Horowat? There, there's many reasons that I love you as a friend and as a host. One of them is because I feel like you read my mind sometimes. Mm-hmm. The big thing you said there is about Drew O'Connor and Brian Boyle it's it's specifically about Brian Boyle it's insurance yeah i mean you're out Malkin and Crosby for sure to start you also have two players right now that are dealing with covid absence yeah, i forgot about that part too you you, you don't know when that's going to get better or if it could get worse centers th- that's what this team is predicated on and right now there's a depletion yes you have Carter that's nice yes you have Bluger that's nice Zahorna has played pretty well in the preseason as well but here's the thing if one of those guys goes down, okay, now it's nice to have Drew O'Connor playing well. But also, from an insurance standpoint, Drew O'Connor's playing great in the preseason. I love to see it. If Drew O'Connor gets to the regular season and reverts back to what we saw last year, and you let Brian Boyle go and he signs a contract, a one-year deal with somebody else, that insurance is gone. So, 
as much as I'd like to just say, you know what, Drew O'Connor's great, Drew O'Connor's young, Drew O'Connor's much better this year, which he is, and I'm ready to give it to him, I still want to see him develop a little bit in Wilkes-Barre just because of how good it was for him last year once he went down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's then there's the Brian Boyle safety net. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because also Brian Boyle is a penguin killer, so we know he's going to go to another team, and we're not going to have a good time when we play that team. It's like mm -hmm. uh, it's like Tage Thompson in Buffalo, which, by the way, Tage Thompson, even in the preseason, is scoring on the Penguins, even though that was mm -hmm. last week. Did he even play in the last game? I didn't see any of it. He did. I believe he scored a shootout goal. That counts. I'm not hearing it. That counts. <laughs> um, yeah, we need to get him on our team just so he can stop scoring against us. But mm -hmm. it's, you know, Brian Boyle is a solid player for what it's worth. He bring, He's a very Brian Burke and a very Ron Hextall style player. Big, yes. uses his size, isn't the quickest, isn't going to score you 50 goals, but can chip in slightly but the mm -hmm. big and the size and the truculence of it. I plan on using that word at least once an episode from from here until the end of the season. I think you're on a five episode streak right now with the word Heating truculence. Heating up. Just to, just to be honest. Okay. I got to start I got to start keeping note. I have notes of like one hits. I need to make a separate column notes of Horwath's <laughs> truculence sayings. But uh, to continue talking about Tuesday's game against the Buffalo Sabres, uh, one event that stood out, Mike Sullivan gets hit in the head with a puck, has to go back to the room. There were jokes that yeah, he's going to stay back there a little longer because his Boston Red Sox were playing in the uh. AL Wild Card game. But he was out just in time to see the Penguins score a goal. I believe it was Redeem Zahornup putting a puck away on a beautiful pass from Kasperi Kapanen. At that point, it made it 3-2. to two. Sullivan is going to be day-to-day -day with an upper body injury. We cannot tell you what exactly the injury is, but the scar on his head might be pretty telling. Uh, yeah, I missed all of that. All I saw, I was at work, and all I saw was... Uh, Mike Sullivan is back behind the bench, and I went, what the hell did I miss? Hold. Yeah, it was just a puck deflection in the top of the head, and they had a lot of fun with it. Chris Letang said, he's a big boy. He uh -huh. can handle it yeah. and stuff like it that. Was... So it, it's it's pretty – it was just a, something fun, and luckily he's yeah, yeah, okay. Luckily it was fun and not, holy shit, uh, what's happening. It was – Yeah, not, not a massive head yeah. injury. Well, that's fun. I, I guess it's fun. Getting hit – Maybe we can have Mike Sullivan wear a helmet <laughs> on Thursday night's preseason game on Getting the bench. Hit bold yeah. penguin bold yeah gotta get the big bold logo on it which i didn't know what that was for the longest time until i found out i guess it's something with ppg already so yeah that's also something we didn't discuss right we no did? we did because okay. i yeah we did a couple episodes okay because i remember that happening and then like the next episode we didn't talk about it and i was like wait we didn't talk about the helmet design yeah it just says bold penguin i think it looks better than ppg but I'm not stuck on I it. I don't care for it that much. It's uh, <laughs> it's a logo. Guess what? It's going to be there. No reason to get yep. butthurt about it. Anyway. Next year, there's going to be a logo on the jersey. Too, and it's so. going to look okay. People are going to get mad over nothing. There's a fly in my room. Um, yep. Uh, the so game. A little bit yes. more about the preseason game. Yeah. Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, if there was a heart trophy for preseason performances, Kasperi Kapanen, who has played in every single preseason game, I guess that's Mike Sullivan's way of saying, hey, I need you to get your feet underneath you because last season you didn't get a chance to. He had the tying goal with under a minute left, finished with a goal and an assist, and I believe, if I remember correctly, he had a beautiful shootout goal, which he did. He, he led off the shootout for the Pittsburgh Penguins, had a nice goal, just shot it right past, I believe it was Aaron Dell in net for the Buffalo Sabres at that point in time. So Kasperi Kapanen continues to look great. Penguins go into the shootout, ends up being a nine-round shootout. I was seriously wondering... If they would ever end that game, 
Game-winning goal goes to Jason Zucker, a beautiful forehand backhand off the post and in. Basically, the same exact thing that he saw got a scouting report from Danton Heinen, who scored a gorgeous goal a couple rounds earlier. So the Penguins, 5-4 to four final in the shootout over the Buffalo Sabres. They have two more preseason games left. One against the Red Wings tonight, the day this comes out, and then another one Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets before opening the season against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday down in Amelie Arena. Now, before we move on to the next segment, I did want to ask your opinion, Horwat, because when I was watching this overtime, it was one of the more entertaining ones because you didn't have players just skating the puck back into their own zone because they didn't like the look. It happened a couple times, and when it did, that just made me think about, you know what, when it doesn't happen, how much more exciting these three-on-threes are? Because I think teams just overthink it now. So what would you say to the NHL instituting kind of like a half-court similar rule in 3v3 overtime, that if you have the puck and you unimpededly take it past your own red line, it is a two-minute penalty for delay. Oh, backcourt violation. Yes, that is exactly what I was looking for. You see, okay, hold on. I'm tr- what side of the ice are the benches on during overtime? Opposite. See, that that's why you can't do it. Opposite. That's zone. why you can't do it, I think. Why? Right? Am I doing that math right in my head? No, no, no. The the, the bench is in your oh, offense. Oh, in the zone. offense. Oh, okay. Okay, I had it backwards in my head. It's period of the long yeah. change is overtime. Well, maybe you probably could. I just, I... I don't know if I would enjoy it because there is still some strategy to it that teams are going to want to employ. I get it's not fun for the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you make it the blue line, like the second blue line, the far blue, the far yeah, blue line, that one, so they're not like sitting behind their own net and really wasting time. Mm-hmm. I don't totally hate the idea. I just would like to see it and like ex- see it kind of experimented in practice or something. It, they'll just throw it to the AHL like they do with everything else they need yeah, to test. Yeah, I just I think it's interesting. I don't totally <laughs> hate it. Um, mm. It's just something I've legitimately never thought of, and I think that's why I don't have a real <laughs> rebuttal. I'm just kind of speaking mm-hmm. nothing soup until I come up with something. Yeah, I might not be the first person to think of it, but I did think of it on Tuesday when watching that overtime, and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of seeing because I was just thinking about what I hate about the three-on-three overtime, because there's a lot of things to like. I mean, if you go back to when it was instituted in, like, 2016, you had the Team North America versus Team Sweden three-on-three, which is some of the most electrifying hockey of the past decade. But the three-on-three that first season was a lot of fun because it didn't seem like people overthought it. And now it's a lot of, you know, we're going to skate it out of our own zone. We don't like the look. We're going to go the whole way back to our own defensive zone and start a breakout again. It's, it seems like you're trying to break through on the rush, and if you're not doing that, you're just trying to eat out the clock and not make the mistake. It seems like everybody's playing New York Islanders hockey once it gets to three-on-three overtime. And also, seeing a player pass the puck from the red line back to their goaltender so the full three can change, it drives yeah, me one. crazy. Because at this point, it's like, do you want to get this extra point, or are you just eating it up for the shootout? Which, again, I also don't like watching shootouts. I don't like games being decided in the shootout. So different things that you could do, people have said, you know, extend three-on-three overtime, make a second three-on-three period, do this, do that. No, I think if you make a backcourt violation, basically, in the NHL, if you if a player on their own power takes the puck behind the red line again, that's a two-minute penalty. Two minutes? Because is, I think because it's already five minutes, mm-hmm. maybe make it like a minute deck hockey penalty. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's just tinkering yeah. a little too much. I think just give them a minor penalty delay of games. Yeah. I, I, I would it like be that. Three I'd on like two. to see it tested. Like, it, it might be awful, but I'd like to see it tested because I feel like what most people's arguments are with not liking the three-on-three three is it's starting to get boring because people just hold the puck the whole time. That's going to make it harder to hold the puck because it's going to close the ice down a little bit, and it's going to force you to do something with make it. Make it be a three-on-two uh, penalty, too. Enough with the fourth, man. Just go three on two. Yeah. Um, well, but you, I, I don't totally disagree. You're making great points, and it's just a matter mm-hmm. of. I think another way of fixing it could be just adding an extra five minutes because, because yeah. teams aren't going to want to sit around for ten minutes. Five, they'll sit through. Ten, oh. You know what I mean? I think that might well, be part of it. Those, yeah. all right, we have ten minutes now. We may as well just get it over quickly. Whereas if it's five. It's more of a psychological thing, where if it's five, it's, well, we can sit here for five minutes, rag the puck around, and figure it out. If we get a chance, we get a chance. Cool. I'm trying to remember some of the teams that play an exciting style of it now. Like, Toronto does, from what I remember. Um, I feel like hmm, Tampa should, if they don't. Yeah, but it's the thing of like the Penguins play the boring yeah. style. It's like you have some of the most talented players in the league. We've seen Jake Gensel score some highlight reel goals in three on three, yet they continuously sit back. I believe the Colorado Avalanche do the same thing, and it's just mind numbing. You have so much talent. You've seen the pinnacle of the three on three overtime with Nathan McKinnon, although it wasn't for the Avalanche, yet you still play this safety, I don't want to make a mistake kind of hockey, which, you know, I understand it to a point. That extra point is important, but at the same time, I'm like, this is this is this is awful. This is getting really hard to watch at some points, and it's better than the shootout. Let's let's be honest, it's better than the shootout. And once three on three was instituted, we saw less games ending in the shootout. So if you go with what you mentioned, adding another five minutes, that's again going to take away more finishes in the shootout, which is going to be better for the game of hockey. I think overall, if you just add an extra five minutes, you have, you know, it's just statistics you'll have less shootouts Mm -hmm. and also i think another option that i think would be interesting just no clock just run it until somebody scores (laughs) that will that one will really get the players just to do it quickly yeah because well i I don't think that i don't think that would ever even become an option for the pa or the nhl because they just one i don't think they can afford that much tv time two i don't think the players want to be really keen to be like yeah we could play this all night at three on three who would be the first player just to sit behind the net although you have to keep the puck moving but who who was it the uh was it the flyers the flyers or the tampa bay lightning i think it was maybe in this game where one of the teams played a one three one and it was impossible to attack against in the way they played it so i think it was that tampa played the one three one and the flyers just stopped the defensemen just stopped where they were with the puck in their zone and just stood there and waited for something to happen. Yeah. And I think it was like St. Louis was like circling. If I'm remembering yeah, this video. I know Tampa used to play the one, three, one all the time. So, but I mean, I digress on the point. I, I just wanted to bring that up after, after watching it going into a new season. I don't know. It, it's an idea. I don't think it's ever going to be an idea that's actually thought of by the NHL, but Hey, let us know if you like it at iceberg podcast on Twitter, but we're going to take a quick break. When we return, let's talk a little bit about Phil Kessel. Shall we? We'll be right back. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game 
and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team lights the lamp. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds, and opportunities again. DraftKings Sportsbook app, promo code THPN. Horwat, Season 3, Episode 1, that's where we're at right now. Did you ever expect that one of our headline topics would be Phil Kessel possibly returning to the Steel City to play for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Uh... As a serious possibility? No, I never never considered it because it's not a serious possibility. I just think it's no. really funny that um, Penguin's Twitter, not the Penguin's Twitter account, but you know, Penguin fans on Twitter decided to run with the uh, idea that Phil Kessel isn't in the plans for the future of the Coyotes. <laughs> He's got one year yeah. left. Why the hell not, right, guys? I think it's really funny. Yep. Are we just getting a slideshow here? What is this? No, this is just a picture okay. of Phil Kessel in an Arizona Coyotes jersey, the Katrina nice jersey. jersey. Yes, but but the fact is, apparently he's not in their long term plans. That doesn't mean he's on the trade block. <laughs> it does not mean. It just means that they're probably not going to look to re-sign him, considering guys, he's in a contract year. That's basically all they're saying is they're he's going to be a free agent next season. It had nothing about the fact that he's going to be traded. Yeah, it, I mean, it's possible he gets traded this year. He carries value with him still. I mean, he's going to yeah. miss he's going to miss a game for the first time in how many years? It's, I, I, it's a been long a long time. time. He's got one of the longest Iron Man streaks in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And I forget what kind of injury it is, but he's going to miss a game at least. He might miss a couple, but um, sure, there's a little depleting value there, but... Um, the dude can still score. He still might make Team USA. I don't know. You, t- I mean, if he didn't make it in 2014, this team is much, much better than they were in 2014. Yeah, but Phil's gotten much, much better since 2014, I think. Him coming to the Penguins kind of proved that, hey, he can do a little bit more than just uh, score goals and skate. skate. We'll just say skate. We'll call yeah. it skate. We won't say it's fast. We won't say it's slow. We won't say it's skillful. He can skate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he... Let, let me put this to you. I know that we're supposed to be talking about Phil Kessel and, and the how fun it would be if he returned to Pittsburgh, whether or not we like it. But let me put this to you since we're talking about Team USA. Would you put Phil Kessel in there over Jake Gensel? No. I wouldn't either. And Jake Gensel's being kind of put up there as a fourth-line winger. So I don't think Phil Kessel's making not Team USA. Not on Mike Sullivan's team, which also is a 
another road into why this Phil Kessel move just won't happen for Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't know the exact extent of, the, of Phil Kessel's terms with teammates and coaches. We know he liked to talk it. That's why he went to Arizona. Phil Kessel to TNT confirmed. There you go. There it is. <laughs> while he's still under con, while he's still getting paid by the Leafs, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I mean, Corey Schneider's been doing some weird thing where he's been on TV and then he randomly goes and is under contract for like three games and he's on TV again like three he weeks just had later. To, so why not? He just Phil had to Kessel? go enjoy the Jets game with the boys. That's all. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, it's weak because we don't know the extent of if what Malkin said was true regarding it's me or Phil or something like that, or if there was a little rift between uh, Phil and Sullivan, it, it's all kind of, we don't know. Like, we do not know the answers to these questions. It's like uh, how we still don't know why Rutherford left. We still really yeah. don't know. We know there is a reason. We know there are facts somewhere. They're just not made public, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. As for this Phil thing, it's... There's just too many factors into why it wouldn't happen, but again, it's just fun mm -hmm. to hop on this bandwagon. I've st there's been a ton of Leafs fans doing it too, and he was basically yeah. ran out of that town. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't want to say he's not going to get traded this year, but I mean, they didn't say specifically that he's going to be traded. He's on a contract year. You would imagine a team like Arizona, who is fully in a rebuild. I mean, they have nine picks in the first two rounds already of next season's draft. They traded away Connor Garland. They traded away OEL. They traded away Darcy Kemper in the offseason. The only two people that are basically still there are Phil Kessel and Clayton Keller. And, and Jacob Chikrin, but J I, I, they're not trading Jacob Chikrin. So that, people could take that off their wish list. But, I mean, Phil Kessel, is he a trade piece? Possibly. I mean, yeah. He has $6.8 million on his cap hit right now. I would think that, especially if a team like the Penguins are involved or any team anywhere near the cap, that... The Arizona Coyotes are going to have to eat half that salary. I don't think they're going to have an issue with that because they're $10 million in space and they're not really looking to contend this year. But is he a trade piece? Yeah, he's a trade piece for them. Did they say he's a trade piece? No, they basically just said the only thing that's guaranteed is he's not getting a new contract in Arizona once the season ends. Yeah, that's it. That's all we know. So I know that when we first said this, you know, is Phil Kessel returning to Pittsburgh? We both said, no, he's not. It's not happening. This isn't NHL 22. We're not playing fantasy hockey here. He's probably not going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin for a fifth season, a second term. But, Horwat, if this was NHL 22, would you want Phil Kessel back in Pittsburgh? Okay, so because it's a video game, you got to remember that Phil Kessel is probably still a very good character in that game. <laughs> Do you by chance? Okay, I was hoping you were pulling up the stats or like the overalls. Uh, yeah, I think so. Just because in a video game, it's fantasy land, right? Yeah, no, I think I phrased that wrong. But honestly, would you want him back in Pittsburgh in real life? Let's put it that way. If if you could say the decision's up to you, Phil Kessel comes back. Would you want that to happen? I think so. Let's say there that he's friendly with everyone. Absolutely. I think mm -hmm. they're. I think that there may be a little bit, you know, in reality, there might be a little bit of an issue there uh, between like Phil or Gino or, you know, Phil and Sullivan again. It's, there might be a little bit of a rift there, but, you know, in reality, Phil, Phil Kessel is a great hockey player. He can, 
he can score, which is something that we're not sure how much of that we're going to do to start the season. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, then again, he won't, he wouldn't be there either. So why not take on another big contract that'll sit on IR for a minute? Uh, in reality, I know it's not happening. I, I, I think it would just be fun. I mean, it's not like he's a, it's not like he's a Pittsburgh bred player. Like flurry is, mm-hmm. but we gave him his best years. We gave him his most successful years. And Hey, I, the in the room recaps have gotten him for interviews so he's still he still does enjoy his you know look back on his time here fondly which is very good Mm -hmm. i look at it this way i'm a pittsburgh penguin pittsburgh penguins fan yes i'm a pittsburgh pirates fan and so are you the pittsburgh pirates have struggled to get 500 seasons you know winning 50 percent of the games that they play Phil Kessel has won the Stanley Cup in 50% of the seasons that he's played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's pretty good juju. I'm, I'm just saying, that's that's pretty good juju there. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the 81 back in black and gold. Not going to lie. I know my dad probably just rolled his eyes if he's listening to this right now. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing Phil Kessel back in black and gold. I mean, his time here was pretty successful. You have to think, nine postseason wins. They were 9-2. and two. In the post, not nine and two. Yeah, they were nine and two in the postseason with in him. In series, so, yeah, yeah, in in postseason series. I wouldn't mind seeing it if all worked like you mentioned, like you said. If he got along with everybody, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Why? Because he's a talented winger, and if you look at where he would slot in on the second line, and you could put a guy like Sperry Kapanen on the third line, like Jason Zucker on the third line. Yeah, it's fantasy land because realistically it would not work under the cap unless we did some Tampa Bay Lightning shit with Evgeny Malkin on LTIR. But yeah, if we could, I'd love to see Phil Kessel back in the Pittsburgh Penguins uniform. Now, the next question that comes along with that is would you or what would you realistically be willing to pay? And the answer to that is, and I'll ask you this, Horwat, because you said, eh, kind of wishy-washy on whether or not you'd bring him back, but would, would you realistically want to pay a first-round pick for Phil Kessel not at this again. point? Not again, man. Okay, so not Just a first-round pick. Just because I'm tired of giving, real- rid, getting rid of first-round picks. That's my reason. Not that he isn't worth a first-round pick because he is. It's just I'm tired of getting rid of them. Yes, we finally have one this yeah, year. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hold on to it. Yeah, so not a first-round pick. Okay, would you be willing to part with one of Hollander, Legere, or Poulin? At this point, I don't think... Hollander maybe because has he how much how much has Hollander played in the postseason I know or in the preseason I know he's playing um he's played it I think in two games I know he's playing in the next one but mm-hmm. I, it's, he's not a name you've heard much whereas Legere we heard all kind of talk come out of camp we heard his name a couple of times in the first preseason game mm-hmm. um, which is impressive stuff for the guy who was supposed to be number two and now I think. Didn't Wes say he's basically the number one prospect at this point over Poulin because Poulin's just kind of been, you know, not stagnant, but uh, run-of-the-mill for what he is? Yeah, I think they've everybody's come to the conclusion that Nathan Legere has taken steps. Sam Poulin is basically where we expect him to be but hasn't blown anybody yeah. away. But, uh, I mean, the point being, that's the price that we would have to pay, and I don't think anybody's ready to pay that price nope. right now. I think we see what we have – with a cabinet that has been dealt thanks to Jim Rutherford. And we look at it and we say, uh, there's nothing there. And sure. It would be nice to have Phil Kessel again. Sure. 
I'm sure Penn's TV inside the room, mic'd up, everything would be much better with Phil Kessel in Pittsburgh this year. But we can't afford it in the price we'd have to pay Arizona, and we honestly can't even afford it in the salary cap, even if Arizona takes the maximum allowable 50%. I mean, even if you broker it through a third team, but also you're going to be paying even more so then. So, yes, it's a pipe dream, but, you know, it came up, and and we had to talk about it, Horowat, because why not? Sometimes we don't indulge in in the internet rumors, but this one eh, is too good to pass up on a season. I mean, I threw my hat in the ring for it, so I was on Twitter, so, you know. Yeah. But also, how many teams can one player get paid from if you're going to try and bring in a third party on the trade from Arizona to here? Because that would make it, what, Pittsburgh, Arizona, whatever the third team is. And he's still getting paid by Toronto. He is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) My man's collecting four Uh, checks. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I'm not sure how all of that works. But, I mean, Phil Kessel, we'll see what happens with him this year. He's not coming back to Pittsburgh. But it was fun to talk about it for a little while. It was fun to dream about it for a little while. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to close out this show with shout-outs and call-outs. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm double-checking, and Paul Goldschmidt does have a hit, so now all I need is the Los Angeles Dodgers to win by two, and I'll be making some money tonight, Horwat. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a good night. Oh, you for sure me. hope so. You sure hope so. What's the I score, though? I hope so. Yeah, it's still All right. I just need the Dodgers to do what the Dodgers do and score a bunch of runs. But let's get into our shout-outs and call-outs, the first one of Season 3 here at the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Horwat, who are you shouting out this week? Uh, you know what? Both of my, both my shout-out and my call-out are going to be relatively positive. Like I said, my call-out mm-hmm. is a positive call-out. It's interesting. We'll get into it when we get there. But I'm starting off with my shout-out of the Rolling Stones. My goodness. Uh, I wasn't originally going to go to the Rolling Stones show until I had a few drinks at me and Megan's anniversary uh, dinner. Uh, Rolling (laughs) Stones came on on my uh, playlist, and I said, how much are those tickets? I had a few. And for not that bad of a price, I said, screw it. We're going to see the Rolling Stones next week. And... For them being damn near 80 and without their without their at-home drummer, um, mm-hmm. because R.I.P. Charlie Watts, they looked good. They looked they looked and sounded good for their age and for just their icon status. Um, you know, I mean Keith Richards, he does he looks like he's barely holding the guitar, but you can hear what he's doing with it, and it's incredible. Ronnie Wood, I didn't realize how much guitar work he did for that band. It's incredible stuff. Uh, uh, the new drummer, I'm forgetting his name. Our friend Tyler Ritchie's a big fan of him, though. Um, and Mick, good old Mick Jagger. And you know how like artists will have like bottles of water or like red solo cups. This guy, I swear to God, had pre-workout. <laughs> it was a big like nozzled bottle with like it was black and red. It looked like he got it from the gym. And for an 80 year old that runs around that much, I should be honest about the age. I think he's 73. Um, for a 73-year-old man that runs around way more than I do, I, w- I played my first dad hockey game in two years uh, the night before and was winded after one shift. This guy runs around on a 100-plus-foot stage 
and is perfectly fine and is singing the entire time. So, uh, shout out to all of them. Well worth the price. And if they come back around, do yourself a favor and honestly go see the Rolling Stones if you haven't. They're they are a bucket list thing. He's seventy eight, so I was close with eighty. Charlie Watts was eighty. I know that. So, Vaughn's just. Concerts are back in, in a big way with the Rolling Stones, apparently. Just uh, mm-hmm. trying to think of any other moments from the show. Oh, he said he... Mick Jagger is so delightfully British, he said he waited in a queue uh, for a Permani sandwich. Now, I don't know the validity of that, but he called it a queue, and he knew what a, what a Permani sandwich was, so we love it. And that was... What? And the first time they ever played in Pittsburgh was in 1964. Jeez. History, ladies and gentlemen. These guys are Ooh. icons for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was jealous when when I when you told me initially that you were going to that show a couple weeks back. I was jealous seeing the Snapchats, yeah. and you know it is a bucket list thing. So if they ever come around again, now that I'm starting to go to more con- uh, concerts for a while, I never used to, but I'm starting to go to more now. So if they come around again, I think that's probably something that if I have the money, which you know maybe if I keep hitting vets like I could possibly hit tonight. I can afford Rolling Stones tickets. You just wait until the right time and the tickets might be a little cheaper. Might be a little high up. I was in 531, but hey, it's uh, Tyler Ritchie can tell you. He built that stage. It was huge. You really yeah. could see everything. So, mm-hmm. um, and the, Yeah, it's the Rolling Stones. If Paul McCartney ever goes back around, you have to see him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see Ringo next time he comes. I know that for a fact because I missed him last time and I'm sad about it still. Anyone else that you mm-hmm. need to see. Yeah, I, when it comes to legends, I've seen Phil Collins. That's a good one. Which was great. I've seen Billy Joel, which I need to is see amazing. Joel. I've I... seen Billy Joel, I believe, twice, and I've seen Garth Brooks twice. So I, so I know some people aren't country music fans, but Garth Brooks is just a premium entertainer, Stephen, even still at this age. I still need to get myself to attend a country show, and I still mm-hmm. need to see Billy Joel. I only recently got really into Billy Joel, so I need to find my way to a Billy Joel show. Maybe you can go up to UBS Arena at Belmont Park and see him when he plays the first time there. But plays the first five events at that arena to make yeah to make sure that he's the one that has been there the most, like he was at the at the Nassau Coliseum. But my shout out for today's episode, it's not Keith Richards, it's Keith Yandel, Ooh. big old Keith Yans in Philadelphia, good guy Keith Yandel. There was a fun video of him during a preseason game, very loudly thanking his goaltender for settling the puck behind the net. Just so polite. It was even picked up on the broadcast, which is hilarious. But I'm shouting him out because how much fun is Keith and fellow masshole Kevin Hayes going to have mm-hmm. in Philadelphia? I mean, when you play them, it's probably going to be annoying for oh, any team going it. up against them. It's going to be the two of them literally chirping everybody else's ears off. But obviously, unfortunately, Kevin Hayes is going to be injured to start the season. He's going to miss the beginning of the year. But him and Keith Yandel in the same locker room. God bless Elaine Vigneault. He has to r- wrangle those two together. How long until Spit and Chicklets just officially moves their headquarters to Philadelphia for I believe for those they're, they're going to be in Philly for Yandel's first game, so that's already starting. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't there's anything wrong with that. I don't that. know if they're going to be there, but I think Biz is going to be there for TNT at the very least. Oh, that's oh, that's right. I forgot he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well... I don't know. I mean, hey, Keith Yandel's cool. I liked him on other teams. Now I get to hate him on the Flyers. I was never a fan of uh, Kevin. Kevin, thank you. Kevin P. Hayes. Yeah, but uh, hey, you know, I guess I just get to 
continue disliking him. Yeah. Now well, he just has a friend I can also pick on. Mm-hmm. So let's move over to callouts. My callout goes to the Washington Nationals because they blew a late four-run lead to screw over the Toronto Blue Jays on Sunday, keeping them out of the AL wildcard game because the Blue Jays needed the Boston Red Sox to lose a game. And the Nationals had a 4-1 to lead on the Boston Red Sox late in that game and the Washington Nationals. From what I'm told, their bullpen blows every game for them, and Sunday was all of the same. I just really wanted to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the playoffs. I I wanted to see what that looked like. I wanted to see what Bo Bichette looked like. I wanted to see what the Toronto Blue Jay fans looked like in the MLB playoffs this year because that team is electric. That Those fans in Toronto, you know how they can be. But once again, a Boston sports team screws over a Toronto sports team. So it's a, it's a tale as old as time. Boston continues to haunt Toronto in every single sport. That's fair. It's a, it's shameful that, uh, you know, it's not shameful. It's Don't worry. Th- that Those Blue Jays will make the playoffs eventually, assuming everyone oh, yeah. stays together and they don't lose Strowman. He's the one that might be leaving. No, Strowman was gone last year. There's like two people that might be leaving. I don't remember now. They need to keep, I believe it's Robbie Ray. That's one of them. But, so. hey, I mean, we saw what that team did in the playoffs last time. Jose Batista. That was so long ago. It was. That was he, so long ago now. It was. Now that was the, Josh Donaldson, too. Yeah. Now it's a whole new, way more fun team. Yeah. So, I, think, I mean, uh, I'm sure they, they're going to make the playoffs in the future, but Vladdy going for the triple crown this year had a great season thought that whole team i mean george springer this this year on that team was great they were just fun to watch and it would have been fun to see them in the postseason that wild card race came down to the last day four teams within one game and and now not only is that over but the wild card is over and the red Sox are the team moving on to take on the tampa bay rays you hate to see it so or what's your call out uh i got a find my thing so i can get there but uh, i'm calling out for a fun reason uh yeah ea sports is nhl 22 Mm. calling them out for the one year i say i'm not buying the game this year finally i'm not doing it putting my foot down they put out a pretty decent soundtrack (laughs) it's not it's not phenomenal it's not the it's not the best one they've ever had Mm -hmm. but i looked at some of the songs and to be fair i haven't listened to almost any of these songs but i'm looking at the the Bands. names, the artists, I'm like, oh, yeah, these are notable people that probably make good music. Uh, like, running it down, Angel and Airwaves, so there's uh, Tom DeLonge. Uh, sure, I'm not an MGK guy, but MGK is there with a song featuring Kellen Quinn, which high school me would have loved. <laughs> uh, Kenny Hoopla with Travis Barker. Kenny Hoopla is a huge name in pop punk right now, mm-hmm. and the song is Stella. That one I do know. I, I might buy the game just for that when it's on sale one day down the down the line mm-hmm. um who else is in here modest mouse love that my morning jacket um there was a few more royal blood has been in like the last three or four games they keep making great music um there's more 21 pilots don't care for them vol beats fun yeah it's just out of nowhere i'm like hey i'm not buying the game this year oh you're not here's the soundtrack that you might enjoy Mm-hmm. All right, well, it looks like I'm listening to it on Spotify without playing it. But, hey, hope maybe the game's good. It didn't seem like they changed too much. I think I saw roster sharing got added. Don't know what that is, so. 
it's basically and i i like how i'm saying this and i know what it is but i haven't played a video game in over three years but it, it what it basically is is hey if i created a like customized roster where i put all of this together you can share it and somebody else can play with that customized roster oh so it'd be like the time i got really bored in college and recreated the entire mighty ducks team i could just send that to you correct that's dope damn it but i'm all right i'm still not getting the game it's, it's gonna cost 80 bucks and i don't that's have fine. that money to spend hey, i'm with you i won't get the game either <laughs> i don't I'm have still... a i don't have a gaming console but i will not buy the game either i'm also still on xbox one and i i'm pretty sure this will be available for that but soon enough games won't be anymore i'll have to like cave in and get a i'm not getting a ps5 get ps9 the, uh... <sighs> at that point yeah who knows? I still love playing video games. I just got Game Pass on Xbox One, so once I find the time to play games again, mm-hmm. that won't be one of them, but like I said, I'll listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. Is it on Spotify? I know the last few have been. Well, while you're checking that out, I do have one quick shout-out to close out the show. A little bonus shout-out here because it is the Season 3 premiere of The Tip of the Iceberg, and we're going to keep it in Pittsburgh for this one. Steelers fans, chill out. <laughs> chill out i know you're the way you're calling for big ben to retire trust me i know he's he's crap i know he's bad i know he does not look good i know he's falling and tripping over phantom blades of grass but let's not disrespect the man that has brought two super bowls and unknowingly amounts of winning seasons him along with mike tomlin to this organization i get that he's bad he might turn it around. I, I'm not too going to hold my breath on that. But let's at least show a little bit of damn respect. I mean, seeing some of this, and holy crap, I can only imagine what Terry Bradshaw went through back in the freaking 20th century whenever he was basically ran out of town. So, you know what? Uh, just chill out a little bit. We're, we're not great this year. One and three. Everybody else in the division, even the freaking Bengals, are three and one. It's not It's not great. wouldn't call it great. I'm frustrated as well, but let's 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 chill on the Ben hate, guys. He's the Hall of Famer. He is, regardless of how he could be awful this year. Listen, Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Let's <laughs> not forget about how bad he was at the end of his career. And trust me, Ben is, is he's reaching that territory. He's getting dangerously close to that territory. But just relax a little bit. Penguins hockey's going to be back in a week. We'll have one winning team to watch. I hope. Oh, I hope. If not, that city's going to blow up. But. Can we direct our hate toward whoever the hell keeps calling, calling passes behind the line of scrimmage on fourth A swing down? pass on a fourth and five? Yeah, can we, stop, can we direct our hate to whoever is calling that play? Because if That's it's Ben, he, you know, he's getting that hate for that reason. Well, I don't care who's calling the play. Ben can, you know, go through his options and reads and see Pat Fryermuth on the left side. Wide open. You know, that's all I'm going to say on that. Hey, guys, we need 10 yards. Where, where sh- what should we do? Let's throw it negative three and make Najee run. Let's not do that. Let's go forward, guys. Forward thinking, everybody. Forward thinking. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Our little grief set- session about the Pittsburgh Steelers at the end aside. It was a great episode, and we thank everybody for tuning in. We hope you will tune in all season three long, all NHL season long, because... The next time we come to you, let me do a little bit of math. Oh, it's going to be the day before the start of the NHL season. So we'll be back next week. Have a good weekend, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. 
You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.